What is up, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And we are so excited to welcome you all in to Laura's exit interview process. For those of you who uh, listened to the last episode, you know exactly what's going on. If you are heathen and started with this episode, welcome. We thought it'd be fun to do our exit interviews for the season as the players wrap up theirs today. And so got a series of questions from my good friend Laura here. She's going to answer them. Um, as always, as you're listening, feel free to tweet us. Let us know what you think about our answers. Tell us how right or wrong we are. We welcome both. Um, I encourage specifically the latter. Tell me how wrong I am. I really get into it. Um, but Laura, are you ready to begin? Yes. Grand. So Laura, overall, what grade would you give the 2021 COVID shortened season for the Columbus Blue Jackets? I'm going to give it a, cause I always like to give, I always like to lean towards an upswing of positivity. I'm gonna give it a C plus. <laughs> I think we all can agree season was shit, but I don't think we can say and we saw, you know, many examples of this. I don't think that we can say, A, that they weren't, that they weren't aware. B, that they weren't trying, um, especially here towards the end um, and going through every hurdle that we have been through in this season and to lose the people that we lost over the course of the season, whether it be you know, at the very beginning or um, at the trade deadline, um, they had to overcome a lot and in a very complicated situation. But for the most part, there wasn't fully a loss of that, that try and that want to want to be better and want to do better. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to go C plus for a shit season but still tried. Amazing. So as we sit down and we record this episode on May 10th, actually it's May 11th now, amazing. Um, who do you think won the Pierre-Luc Dubois, Patrick Laine, Jack Ross, Lake trade? The Blue Jackets or the Winnipeg Jets? So I, th I think most people are going to, it's interesting, and I also think that you mentioned this in your response. Um, I don't think that we can fully determine that yet. And I know that this is going to come as a huge surprise to everyone because I have spoken outwardly about how much I don't, how much Patrick Liney frustrates me. Um, but I do think that in the long run, because, because I know Patrick is going to find his rhythm if he stays with us, um, and to add on to the fact that Jack, getting Jack along with this trade, I think is a huge, huge step for the Blue Jackets. Um, I think Jack adds so much as far as like being a hometown kid, 
coming up through the Columbus hockey system. Um, the fact that he has just, he was thrown into a situation where he hadn't been playing. Um, he was in a weird circumstance with the Jets. Um, and he sort of came in and just had to sort of hop to it. And he really did try. He had a lot of bumps in the road. Um, he switched positions a lot. He, you know, there was a lot of confusion um, on, you know, what his role was supposed to be. Um, but he rallied through and he really didn't, you know, he really didn't give up. Um, and that's the kind of heart and soul that I like to see um, in a player on our team. And that being said, um, we're going to talk more about actual player exit interviews in another um, episode. But Having Patrick Line say today um, in his exit interview that um, he has loved every moment of being in Columbus and that he wants to stay. That's a big deal. Whether or not it was 100% genuine, who knows? I think that he's a pretty straightforward guy. Um, he's been pretty honest about how he's felt about things. So I don't think that he would say it just to placate reporters. Um, that he couldn't even see because they're not even in the same room as him. Um, but, you know, he's also not leaving yet. He's not leaving to go back to Finland until the middle of June. So, you know, he's going to get some real time now that they're out of COVID protocol um, to explore our city and see what it's like to be here and really get a sense of um, being a part of this community. So as much as I gave him shit, I do feel like he's going to regain his confidence and he's going to be what was sold to us by Yarmo in the decision to make this trade. Um, and, you know, as much as I hate him, I hope, you know, Winnipeg got what Winnipeg got. So that's my thoughts on that. We love those thoughts, girl. We do. Um, can we just take a pause and say how terrible of an interview I'd be in real life? Like, if this were real, like, I'm just like, girl, yes, I love those. I'm like so affirmative. Like, I just care so much about affirming people's thoughts. Okay. Um, which player <laughs> exceeded your expectations this season? Oh, I have a couple. The first one, I, and I think that I don't know if it's really out, of, out there, but. Um, I'm going to say Elvis Mers Lincolns. Um, we all know Elvis is good. Uh, we all know Elvis is passionate, but the way that he has stepped up, not only in his gameplay, but through dealing with the, the tandem goalie situation with Corpy, through dealing with injury, but also standing up as a, a real leader um, on this team and in the locker room, especially after Nick's departure, um, where the team was really, really needing as many voices as possible um, to keep any sort of momentum. I mean, we immediately went into a nine-game losing streak after Nick was traded away to Toronto. And, you know, that passion and that drive and that dedication to the team is what we need and to see that come out of Elvis over these last month month and a half 
um, has been really incredible. And not to mention the fact that he just, he makes this team feel, I think more legitimate in the eyes of the media and the way he addresses, the way he does interviews, the way he is straightforward and really confident about the team. Like you never doubt that Elvis is genuine. Um, so from his, from his gameplay to his attitude, to his, um, you know, much needed leadership, Elvis has stood above for me, um, this year. And then I think I'm also going to add, you know, it's, it, it's an easy one. Uh, I'm going to add Oliver. Um, I think Oliver for a very long time has been slowly building his way up to being noticed on this team to really honing his skills and showing everyone what he is capable of. And he really did that in a very shit season. I mean, out of everything that this team has gone through this year, Oliver had a standout career best season and you know, he just always head down, did what he needed to do and tried to be better every single time he was on the ice. And again, I speak to loyalty and to dedication to this team and nothing really says dedication more than agreeing to sign a five-year contract in a very uncertain time, in a very uncertain league. Um, and that was just a big move on Oliver's part. So Elvis and Oliver for me. On the flip of that, which player failed to meet your expectations? Oh, you know, I hate talking about them like this. Um, Patrick Lenny. It's hard for me because I really think that everyone tries. Um, but there's obviously some issues and some things that come up and make it difficult to see that potential through a player. Um, and I know that you talked about him in yours, but I'm also going to second your opinion on Max Domi. I absolutely adore that kid. I think that he, I was so pumped from the moment I wasn't even sad wasn't even sad that we we traded Josh away because I was just so excited to have someone like Max on the team um, who had, had such a fire in Montreal, um, who just a likable personality, a passion for being, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it's such a huge deal for me when someone truly exhibits, <coughs> sorry, truly exhibits wanting to be a part of this organization. And Max has done that since day one. But unfortunately, Max has struggled and Max has struggled really, really hard. Um, he had an up an, an uptick or an uptick, uptick. Um, the last few weeks, his game really, really improved. Um, he started looking more like himself on the ice. He started looking more confident and feeling better. Um, I mean, he won the game for us on Saturday. So um, it was a big, you know, a big to do. And 
you know, much like I, I just said about Patrick Line, like I really do feel that Max is going to come into his own with us and that he has potential to be a really big piece that we can build around. Um, and I look forward to that, you know, that future with him. And I think he said something very poignant in his exit interview today. Um, you know, he is, he is a player that deals with a very critical illness. Um, he's a type one diabetic and a lot more has weighed on him. I think over the course of this season with COVID, because, you know, Max getting COVID is a lot different than some of the other players getting COVID because of his compromised immune system. And that's a lot of stress. And that's a lot of extra worry on top of the normal layers of worry that um, all the other players were holding. But he talked today about the, you know, he didn't want to fully contribute it, but he said the amount of pressure that he felt lifted off of his shoulders after he got his, sec his second vaccine and the way that he, his game changed and his confidence changed and his, you know, level of comfortability because he felt freer. Um, and obviously, you know, it's not a hundred percent preventing anything, but for someone like Max who has that added risk, um, you know, I'm happy that he acknowledged um, the relief that he felt um, after getting vaccinated. And, you know, I, I think that lots of positive things are going to come, come his way um, with our team, hopefully. And then I'm not going to be mean. I'm just going to simply address it. And he knows this. He said it. But my beloved Cam Atkinson, it was not a great time. And I think it's hard because I think in, in, if this had been in a, a very normal situation, because 2019, 2020 was also a rough season for Cam. He had a very long lasting injury, um, which kept him out of a lot of games. Um, he re-injured himself in the bubble. Um, it was a lot. And I think he had a lot of expectations on himself. Um, and I know the team had a lot of expectations on him as well to make up or, you know, blast off in this, in this situation for this season. And he did for a little while, there was a, a, a good stretch. I would say the first third of the season where he just was on it. Um, but you know, that took, that took a, a little bit of a dip. Um, and up until he, you know, Jeremy talks about me knowing like random things. Um, you know, the other night when we were at the game, <laughs> Jeremy asked me like, when's the last time Cam scored? I was like, 11 games ago. Um, and that's just not Cam. Like, that's not the player that he is. That's not the player that he wants to be. Um, so this isn't negative because I think that he would say the same things um, that he wanted to perform better as well. Not, not just for himself, but for the team, for, you know, Cam is, now that Nick's gone, Cam is the Columbus Blue Jackets in many senses. So um, 
so yeah and I know he's going to work his ass off in the off season to come back and just blow us all out of the water I will say that you you spent more time on the on the who didn't exceed your expectations questions than I thought you would because again you're very positive so I'm impressed um so who do you sometimes forget played for the Blue Jackets this year oh (laughs) um again with you I agree about Alexander Texier um he just sort of fell off my radar like he just wasn't there was a bit of a a bit of a hot streak in the very very beginning of the season um but then it just sort of fizzled out um and you know, I don't know what the, what the deal is with him. I hope that this was just like a weird season and we can start seeing some of more of those like shiny moments, um, that we've seen before. Um, he's also like returning from a still returning and still probably in recovery from a pretty major injury. I mean, he broke his back last year, so that's a pretty complicated uh, injury to come back from. Um, but he's, you know, incredibly young. Um, and I don't like to say, you know, it's also hard too when you're like best friend on the team leaves and, you know, it's pretty noted that Tex and PLD were besties. Um, pretty sure they lived together for a time. Um, and so, yeah, that's hard. That's that's hard. And I know that he, not that these are excuses, but he wasn't able to go back. He spent the whole time in Columbus, Texas, um, from quarantine on because of travel bans. So I think that's a lot for a young person to be in this situation sort of without your full support system um, and to be in a situation when you're trying to get back into playing a game that you had been out of for so long. Um, but yeah, text and then obviously like the fringe, the fringe players, like you said, like the seventh defenseman um, people that just sort of rotated in and out. I was always not, I was always positively surprised every time Scott Harrington would show up on the TV and it's like, oh, hey, you do play for us. Um, but yeah, we've, we've had kind of a lot of that this year, so. Absolutely, friend. So uh, what was your favorite game this season? I think if you know me, you're not going to be shocked at all by this answer. Um, but I also think it's one of those situations that because of our circumstances as a world, um, over the last year and a half, um, and because I am a classic middle child, um, my favorite game and will probably go down as one of my favorite games ever was my birthday game this year, uh, which also happened to mark the very first game that fans were allowed to return to Nationwide Arena um, since the COVID outbreak started um, and ended last season. Um, It had been exactly 366 days uh, since we had been in Nationwide to see a game in person. 
Um, the last game we attended had been my last year's birthday, um, which was also an incredible game. Um, and this great, this game just had, had all the bells and whistles. I mean, Cam scored the very first goal right in front of us. Uh, we had really incredible seats. Uh, the guys played just incredibly well, um, even for, cause this was still when I think it was only 10% capacity. Um, it still felt loud and energetic, uh, like it does when, you know, there's 20,000 people in the arena. Um, and it was the real first sense of, of normalcy, uh, that we, that I had had in a really long time. And, um, if you know me personally, I'm a very anxious person. Um, and it was kind of nerve wracking, uh, to be out in public like that for the first time, um, in a crowd and, you know, not really having that experience in so long, an experience that I, I loved, like, um, so it was really like, I was very nervous about going and, but I knew I wanted to go. I knew I, it was the only way I wanted to celebrate my birthday and it just couldn't have been any better. Um, and <laughs> short of the fact of just like the pure look of disappointment, on my face when the streamers didn't actually fall uh, when we won that game. Um, I think Jeremy can attest to that it was a pretty great overall experience and uh, one that will definitely go down in, in the memory books of, of great games. I do still, still think there's some bitterness about the streamers. I mean, I get it. They don't want people touching stuff, but like still. <laughs> Hopefully they come back next year. So speaking of next year, I'm, I'm thinking that the answer to this question might be a team that we won't play as much, but which team did you hate to play against the most this season? Hands down the Chicago Blackhawks. I was going to say, if anybody has listened to any of our podcasts, they can answer that question for you. <laughs> yeah, if you've listened to a single episode of this podcast, you know that I have absolutely hated every single time we've played the Blackhawks. Um, I, I definitely didn't have this feeling before, uh, before this shortened, weird season that we're in. Um, I was totally fine playing the Blackhawks, but there was just something about every single game that we had against them. Just, they took us to the floor and it was miserable. Um, I do not like Patrick Kane. Um, in fact, is and, and it's, be, it's a, Patrick Kane is an incredible player. Like he's amazing. Like he deserves all the recognition that he gets. But for some reason, whenever we were playing them, no matter how we were watching them, whether it be watching or listening to them, it was like the whole thing just became the Patrick Kane show. Like it didn't matter if it was Columbus people talking or what, it was just Patrick Kane did this and Patrick Kane did that, and Patrick Kane did this. And it's like, 
shut up. Like we get it. I'm not here for him though. Like, and I think it was, you know, added on to the fact that, you know, we were struggling so much and every time we played them, it was just like a, like kick us when we're down straight to the teeth situation. And so I am so happy that we only have to play them twice next season. You and me both. But also, not to interject on your interview, did not help that we played them so many times at the beginning of the season when it was becoming a reality that we were not going to have a good season. Like, that just added to it, I feel. Correct. So, if you had to pick one team from each division to make the semifinals of this year's Stanley Cup playoffs, which teams would you pick? Yes, it's fun. Um, so... Okay, so let's start with the North. This is easy. We have the same one, um, Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, all the way. I want nothing more than to support Nick Foligno and hopefully get him a cup, um, you know, just because I think he deserves it. And as I've said previously on this podcast, I will put aside my absolute disdain for Austin Matthews for my love of Nick Foligno so and of Riley Nash I guess too because he will also more than likely be playing um for the Leafs in the playoffs as well but so that's my pick for the North um for the East mm, I think I'm gonna go See, this is different now. Originally, I was going to go with the Islanders. But I think now I'm going to go with the Capitals. But it has, the only reason I'm doing that is because TJ Oshie pulls on my heartstrings. And it made me sad that his first game back after his dad passed was in his he got a hat trick was overshadowed by all the ridiculousness um that his teammate caused um between them and the New York Rangers um so for that reason I shall pick the Washington Capitals um and then for the West I'm going to go because I agree with you fully about Vegas and St. Louis. Like I'm over it. Like been there, done that. I don't need to. Um, But since you picked Minnesota, I am going to pick Colorado. um, Because I think that they have played consistently very well all season long. um, And it's just a different energy. And I would like to see how far they can take it. So Colorado for the West and then for us in the central division. I'm going to go Florida. Um, they're essentially the Southern Blue Jackets because uh, so many of our former players play there. Um, and because I hate Tampa, the Predators bore me to no end and just like the hurricanes also kind of annoy me even though like half their team is on my fantasy team 
Dougie Hamilton just like burns my biscuits. So Florida Panthers for the Central Division. Perfect. So not too much. Like, we're what, 50-50 on that? Mm-hmm. Not bad, not bad. I like when we agree sometimes, but not all the time. It's like a good little variation. So our our former besties who are going to become our besties again, all of our friends in the Metro, who have you missed playing the most this season? Again, I think I'm going to have to go with the Caps. Um, a lot of my, I know that you just are astounded by this, but a lot of my like coming up in the last three years, a lot of my like pivotal moments of being a Blue Jackets fan involve the Washington Capitals. Like whether it be like us upsetting them in pretty much like my first playoffs that I like paid attention um and by upsetting them I mean upsetting them in the first two games we did not win that first round (laughs) um but like that was like a really cool experience we've had a lot of big games against the Capitals in the time that I've been a fan um and there's just something about that like weird rivalry um and I know that that's been somewhat like in comparison with Tampa because of everything that's happened directly in the last two seasons but you know I also think it's an interesting um I know you've been to the arena in Washington but I like there's just an energy with Capitals fans and um yeah so I'm gonna go with the Capitals although fuck Tom Wilson he's a piece of trash I know all of our players are like, Laura, bestie, we're not trying to play the Capitals because we're not trying to lose our lives. Um, So uh, did the Blue Jackets make the right decisions at the trade deadline? As incredibly painful as the trade deadline was for me emotionally and still is um, because I had such an attachment to um the three players that we lost um in the trade deadline I think for I think Yarmo by that point the blood was fully in the water we were not recovering this season um like you said in yours we had to be sellers and we had to get as much as we possibly could out of it and I think looking at all the things that went down over the deadline, you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who follows hockey to think that we did not win the trade deadline out of basically all the teams. Like what Yarma was able to regain from trading David Savard and Nick Felino is kind of unprecedented. Like the idea that both of them went for first round picks is kind of insane. Um, Not that I don't like, not that I don't see value in both of them, because I do. Um, But the fact that Yarmo was able to do that 
is just incredible. And also it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a gift to both of them too, to people that have really dedicated a lot of time and energy and loyalty to this franchise. And Riley Nash too, he just wasn't here as long um, to put them onto teams that were guaranteed playoff spots, um, giving them the opportunity to chase a cup while they're still in sort of the primes of their careers. Like that really says a lot about how we as an organization work with our players. Um, I know that Nick was very integral in, and they were very respectful with him about where he could go, what his options were. Um, And I just think that that's an opportunity that a lot of players are never gonna get. Like they're never gonna get that respect um, and opportunity the way that we were able to give the three of them. And, you know, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not like putting any money down, but like the, the, possibility that Nick could maybe come back and re-sign with us in the offseason um short of when we discuss our recent coaching changes um maybe the second time that I cry on this podcast so um but yeah so I definitely think business-wise franchise future-wise we absolutely made the right decision at the trade deadline what is one thing you are looking forward to this off season other than, you know, not having to be in pain anymore? Um, oh, well. Well, you see, that's, you know, as much as I enjoy not being in pain, having to watch us um, barely keep our head above water um, as a team, like the off season is never a super enjoyable time for me because I am the emotionally like driven one out of the two of us. Um, so I find it really difficult to like go through free agency and people decide to leave us or we don't really do anything. And, um, you know, the regular draft, um, isn't really as emotional. Like that's just us, like, you know, getting newbies that will eventually, eventually play or eventually not play with us. Um, we've, we've had some, some interesting experiences in my time of being a fan with the draft. Um, I think, and I, even though I know it's going to cause me so much anxiety, um, I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most is actually the expansion draft with Seattle. Um, I've never seen an expansion draft. Um, I had yet, I had not yet become a fan when, uh, Vegas entered the league. Um, so I haven't seen the process. I haven't seen, um, what that looks like. Um, and I'm kind of interested to see like who leaves from each team to go and create this whole new venture in Seattle, which again, if you've ever listened to an episode, you know, that Jeremy and I are, are already like full-fledged Kraken fans like I'm ready for it um so that's why I also don't think it'll be as 
like weird or painful for me to see a blue jacket go to play for the Kraken because I'm gonna be like following them and you know being a fan of theirs as well so it'll be like an extension um of the blue jackets um and with a little less animosity than some of the other teams that we play that have a bunch of our old players on them so so yeah I think the expansion draft for the Kraken will be the thing that I look forward to the most good answer I just I I think it's gonna hurt us anyway um what has been your favorite part of recording the podcast this season to wrap it all up Oh, I'm immediately going to hit like feelings, um, which should shock no one. But I think for me, it's been number one, stepping outside of my comfort zone and really talking about hockey in like a real way, uh, as Jeremy has expressed before, I do not have like I don't have a level of confidence within myself to like make it for me to ever feel really confident having these types of conversations because, you know, I still feel so new into this sport and, you know, just a lot of (laughs) weird childhood drama that affects how I see the world and myself. Um, That's too much for the podcast. Um, But you know, really having conversations and holding my own in regards to this sport and having conversations with people like Mark Scheig, who is truly an expert in this game and, you know, reports on things and being able to have, like, being able to hold my own in the conversation with him and, um, you know, having conversations with even, like, the general people in my life who have, you know, asked about the podcast or been, you know, interested in my, uh, my fascination with this sport. Like, it's just another level of confidence that I, I didn't have, um, before. Um, and to just like put myself out there, uh, has been a really interesting, um, journey. Sometimes I think that I'm a little like overly passionate about this adventure that we're on. So sometimes I feel like I'm annoying Jeremy with my like, hey, are, are, are we going to do stuff? Um, but also realize, as you know, we've both been through a lot of weirdness and life changes in the last um, few months. But um, and then the other thing is just discovering this opportunity for um, Jeremy and I to still be able to have the experience that we would have if we were able to go to our regular amount of games um, in a season in person. Um, Having something to connect to outside of COVID and quarantine and everything else that we've had going on in our lives the last year and a half to two years has been really, really helpful. Um, I think Jeremy and I are closer, which I don't even know how it's physically possible. Um, but I, I do think that we've, um, become closer and better, better best friends, um, in this process. I wouldn't want to do it with, um, with anybody else. And, you know, it's just been a lot of fun. And I think that 
I think that the plans that we have and the things that even the things that we've gotten to do in this like very short amount of time, I would have never, ever thought that on January 14th when we recorded our first episode. Um, you know, it's it's just been a wild ride. And I think that that's, that's the exciting part. And I hope that we can keep doing this and that some of our bigger, bigger goals and aspirations can come true. Um, Cause I think that'll be really fun. I couldn't have said it better myself, friend. And if you listen to the other episode, you know, I probably didn't. Um, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> but as we wrap this one up, Laura, as we wrap up your exit interview, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, no, just, you know, that we're Columbus Blue Jackets through and through, and as much as this season sucked, I, I'm looking forward to all of the things that are to come. This is going to be a crazy summer. There's going to be a lot of shenanigans that happen for the Blue Jackets. Um, and I think that we're going to see a very different but stronger team in the fall and that's really exciting i agree friend well thank you for taking the time to to give your thoughts on the season uh like laura alluded to earlier in this one uh, we'll do an exit interview recap of like the players and like what their final thoughts were on the season and we'll kind of like you know, tie it all together and, you know, kind of continue to prepare for this incredible, incredible off season that's to come. But um, Laura, I will throw it over to you to do our usual, tell the fans and the friends where they can find us on social media. Yeah. So follow us on social media. If you haven't already, we are at subjectively pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we've been posting a lot of fun things lately, um, some cool experiences we've got to have. Um, and, you know, we just want to, we just want to build our community. I still, I sometimes look at our number of Twitter and heck even Instagram followers and I go, how, how did we do this in four months? Um, how did we go from it being Jeremy and I and our you know, a few friends that we sort of forced into liking our new social media accounts. Like, how did we we get to this point? And we love interacting with everyone. We hope that you will continue to interact with us in the off season. Um, but yeah, so follow us there. And then also, if you haven't yet, and you like to do some goodwill, put out some positive energy into the world, you can rate, review, or and subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you were listening to us on. Uh, but particularly those of you using Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, give us a five-star rating, leave a comment. Um, mostly it's because we love seeing, we love being able to see our listeners interact um, on the podcast app, but also it does help us get notice um, in the charts and ratings as we try and continue to build this little subjectively speaking family of ours. So all of your love and support is much appreciated. And until we get the chance to chat with you all later this week, as we recap this 
We hope that you stay well, stay safe, and take care of yourself, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.